0: episode 38 yeah so health syndrome clinical features are pre nausea vomiting right upper quadrant abdominal pain laboratory findings can be microangiopathic hemolytic anemia elevated liver enzyme low platelet count treatment includes delivery is the first line management then uh, for seizure prophylaxis, we can use magnesium sulfate because health syndrome is just a continuation of pre we can say Antihypertensive drugs are also required. Alright, so health syndrome, that is hemolysis, elevated liver enzyme, low platelet count, is a life-threatening condition associated with numerous complications, eclampsia, acute respiratory distress syndrome, disseminated intravascular coagulation, and prematurity. So yeah, health syndrome is associated with pre sorry, eclampsia. Oh, Pre-eclampsia, and its complication is eclampsia, acute respiratory distress syndrome, disseminated intravascular coagulation, and prematurity. Treatment of the health syndromes begins with stabilization of the patients, which typically includes administrations of the antihypertensive medications or magnesium sulfate for seizure prophylaxis. After maternal stabilization, delivery is the only definitive treatment. So if someone is asking you what is the next line of the choice, then you have to say that we have to manage uh, the blood pressure with the help of antihypertensive medications and for seizure prophylaxis, we have to give them magnesium. But if someone is asking what is the best line of treatment, so we have to say delivery. So delivery should occur promptly at more than equal to 34 weeks or at any gestational age with abnormal fetal testing or severe worsening of the maternal status. Okay so mainly our preference is more than 34 weeks but if fetal is in distress and there is a mother is also having worsening status then we have to deliver it immediately this patients with elevated hepatic enzymes as well as non reactive fetal heart rate tracing because the illness is severe and affecting multiple organs her fetus should be delivered expediently okay so Arsodeoxycholic acid is used for the treatment of intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy and has no role for the treatment of health syndromes. If this was a case of intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy, then we can use arsodeoxycholic acid. Amniocentesis to determine the fetal lung maturity is often used uh, it will aid in delivery planning for this patients. The risk of health syndromes are greater and those than delaying of the delivery to prior to the lung maturity. So yeah, if it is a case of health syndrome, then we have to deliver. We don't have to do any just to look after the lung maturity and all that. And then we have to give the... No, we don't have to do this, all these things. We simply have to deliver the patient. Biophysical prophylaxis is indicated to clarify the fetal status after non-reactive non-stress test in uh, stable patients it is not uh used for the treatment of health syndrome and maybe unnecessary because it will it may delay the delivery time so yeah we don't have to use biophysical prophylaxis here lasmopheresis remove the pathogenic uh, autoantibodies in the patients with thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura but it is not indicated in health syndrome health syndrome associated coagulation disturbances are corrected spontaneously after delivery okay but prophylactic transfusions we can use prophylactic transfusion if platelet are less than 20,000. Okay, for C section delivery, preoperative platelet transfusions can be considered for the platelet less than forty thousand. Okay, so if the women can undergo normal delivery, then the platelet should be at least uh, twenty thousand. But if the women is undergoing a C section, then platelet should be at least. 40,000 but if it is less than 40,000 then we have to transfuse the platelet and in, in case of normal delivery if it is more less than 20,000 then you have to transfuse the platelet for delivering the fetus of health syndrome okay now let's talk about the imperforated hymen so how do you diagnose that hematocorpus basically an imperforated hymen is a common anatomic cause of the primary amenorrhea this occurs when hymen fails to fenestrate during the embryonal development Infants may present with bulging membranes due to mucosal mucous collection, okay, but this typically resolves and patient remains asymptomatic until menarche, okay. So initially the infant present with bulging membranes because of mucous collection, but later on it resolves itself, but after some and the infant remains asymptomatic until the menarche, but adolescent patients with imperforated hymen typically present with cyclical lower abdominal pain in the absence of aberrant vaginal bleeding. She is having cyclical abdominal pain, but there is no vaginal bleeding. When menstruation occurs, blood collects in the vagina behind the hymen. Marging blood collection, blood collections with each menstrual period causes increased pressure on the surrounding pelvic organ, resulting in lower back pain, pelvic pressure and defecation defect, okay, like there is defecatory rectal pain. Pelvic examination typically reveals blue bulging vaginal mass on or membrane that swells and increase abdominal pressure so if you see blue bulging vaginal mass then it is hymen only because of the in, imperforated hymen okay specifically when the intraabdominal pressure is increased with the help of cell or something external genitalia and pubic hair development is normal treatment with incision of the hymen and drainage of the hematocorpus okay Patients with abnormal genitalia tract development should be evaluated for associated renal abnormalities with the renal ultrasonography, okay if we see that uh, any patient was there who is having an abnormal genitalia, then for in those patients we have to look after renal also because uh both these are developed from same embryonal organs okay, yeah, so we have to do renal u s g also a uterine leomyoma is present with bulky symptoms that is rectal pain, pressures and cervical leomyomas present as a protruding protruding cervical rather than the vaginal mass okay so if there is cervical le- uh, leomyoma it present as a cervical mass which protrudes from the vagina rather than a vaginal mass. Leomyoma uh, may be associated with heavy vaginal bleedings rather than immunorea. carcinoma can present with vaginal bleeding, markedly elevated beta-HCG and large uterus and vagina is common side of metastasis. Presenting as a friable mass, okay complete Mullerian agenesis may present with amenorrhea and blind pouch of the vagina due to congenital absence of the uterus and cervix because the uterus is absent the patient do not have cyclical abdominal pain or uh, Associated hematocolpus. we won't see that the foreign body in the vagina typically presents with abdominal pain found smelling Vagina discharge vaginal bleeding is seen on examination pelvic organ prolapse may present with pelvic pressure uh, with the pressure and vaginal bulge that increases with valsalva pelvic organ prolapse is more typically in the postmenopausal patients and it is not associated with primary amenorrhea sarcoma botryoides or a typically presents in infancy as a polypoidal grape-like mass protruding from the vagina with associated vaginal discharge and bleeding all right now let's talk about the urogenital development so there is a uh, genital ridge there is mesonephric uh, wolfian duct or utric uretric bird urogenital sinus and pa- paramesonephric duct malarian duct all these things are there which is ultimately forming the kidney ovary ureter lower two-third of vagina and bladder and u- uterus all right now this patient with absent uterus and cervix with other advise normal secondary sexual characters such as breast and external genitalia consistent with mullerian agenesis may rocket and sky hausen syndrome okay abnormal mullerian de- de- duct development the ovaries and external genitalia develop independently of the mullerian duct system therefore the patients have normal fsh level that is normal ovarian functions normal external genitalia and lower throat of the vagina blind pouch okay vagina, blind vaginal pouch is there all right so the internal genitalia derive like internal genitalia is derived from the structures of intermediate mesoderm okay which develops into paramesonephric that is fallopian duct and the mesonephric that is wolfian duct so internal genitalia is derived from the mesoderm which is divided into paramesonephric duct and the wolfian duct Sorry, yeah, paramezonafric duct which is known as the duct and mesonephric duct which is known as the vulvin duct, okay. The paramezonafric duct forms the uterus, fallopian tube, cervix and upper one-third of the vagina. So you have to remember paramezonafric duct forms uterus, fallopian tubes, cervix and upper one-third of vagina. And mesonephric duct forms the primitive kidney. Because they have a common embryonal source or synchronous development in the first trimesters, internal genital abnormalities are often concurrent with the renal abnormalities. Therefore, women with Mullerian agenesis should undergo evaluation of renal tract, that is ureter kidney, with renal ultrasonography Common abnormalities include unilateral kidney or unilateral renal agenesis, pelvic kidney or duplex collecting systems. Okay, so we can see all these findings along with Mullerian agenesis. All right. Testosterone and dihydrotestosterone levels are used for the diagnosis of alpha-five-alpha reductase deficiency and androgen-insensitivity syndrome. 5-alpha reductase uh, deficiency genotype 46xy appears phenotypically female until puberty but because elevated testosterone level is there at puberty it causes viralization that is clitoromegaly and lack of the breast development which is not seen in this patients and in case of uh, androgen insensitivity syndrome genotypically males appears phenotypically female all the puberty and have breast development okay and uh, through uh, through the puberty and breast develop have breast development in contrast to this patients those with the uh, androgen sensitivity syndrome has no or minimal acne pubic hair development due to abnormal androgen receptors. Alright, now echocardiography is performed in case of Turner syndrome to value cardiac malformation such as bicuspid aortic and coarctation of aorta. But normal karyotyping finding FSH level that is normal ovarian functions making Turner syndrome unlikely. Hymen insertion is performed when the patient is having imperforated hymen, which can cause primary amenorrhea. The patients may have bulging, blue tinge vaginal mass, which is uh, which present as hematocolpus. That is, menstrual blood is accumulated in there. Alright, yeah. Now, uh, TSH and prolactin levels are ordered in women with primary amenorrhea who have uterus and low normal F- low or normal FSH level. Okay. So if you see that low or normal FSH level is there and patient is having primary amenorrhea, then we have to order TSH and prolactin. MRI of the brain is indicated in the patient with low level or normal level of FSH and high prolactin and visual field effects because we think that there may be hyperlactinemia or pituitary tumor, okay, hemianopsia or something, then hypothalamic pituitary causes such as cell or masses must be ruled out. Alright, now let's talk about the atrophic vaginitis, that is the Genital urinary syndrome of the menopause so symptoms can be vulvovaginal dryness irritations and pruritus dysparnia, vaginal bleeding urinary incontinence recurrent urinary tract infections and pelvic pressure okay so in menopause women experiences vulvovaginal dryness irritation pruritus dyspareunia, vaginal bleeding urinary incontinence recurrent urinary tract infections pelvic pressure physical examination narrowed introiter intraostera is there Mucosa decrease elasticity, decreased rugae, patice, fissures, and loss of the labial volume. Treatment is vaginal moisturizers and lubricant. Topical vaginal, uh, topical vaginal estrogens must be used. Okay, so you have to give them vaginal moisturizer, lubricants, and topical vaginal estrogens. So, this patient with atrophic vaginitis or the gastro urinary symptoms of menopause from the medically induced menopause due to radiation or chemotherapy, a patient is uh, given therapy for cancer cervical cancers, resulting in ovarian depletion, ovarian follicle depletion, estrogen maintains the moisture and blood flow and collagen contains elasticity turgor of the vulva vaginal tissue that is vagina and vulva, urethra, patient with low estrogen levels eventually develops dryness and decreased blood flow and elasticity in these estrogen dependent tissue. Symptoms of the estrogen deficiency are due to thinning of the vulvar skins, that is irritation, narrowing of the vaginal introitus. Example: dyspareunia and loss of the natural lubrications, dryness. Physical examination shows pale, easily denuded, retracted, atrophic vulvovaginal epithelium, that is, clitoral shrinkage. First line treatment includes over the counter lubricants and moisturizers, and persistent or severe symptoms are treated with vaginal estrogens. Okay. Lichen planus is a chronic inflammatory conditions. Uh, skin changes dystrophy is there which result in glazed brightly erythematous vulvar lesions with purple hue that may be overlaid with white reticular lines so if you see white reticular line that is becomes drier, purple hue vulvar, vulvar lesions brightly erythematous, glazed sort of thing then it is lichen planus okay the patients with lichen sclerosis also have thin-walled, wrinkled vulva skin that can form into thickened white plaques and eventually obliterate the labrea majora and minora scarring of the normal external genital landmarks, okay. So, yeah, if there is whitening and thickening, pale, th- pale thin tissue and peripheral perianal thickening with fissures, then we can think about lichen sclerosis, okay. In contrast, atopic vaginitis, lichen sclerosis does not affect the vagina, okay. Recurrent cervical cancers are uh, typically present with abnormal uterine bleeding with raised and friable cervical nodules not seen in this patient. Vulvar intraepithelial neoplasma creates uh, a- asymptomatic or pruritic vulvar lesions, particularly in smokers. Vulvar intraepithelial neoplasma typically appears as red multifocal vulvar lesions, white erythematous hyperpigmented, which are not seen in this patient. vulvodynia. Causes dyspnea due to sharp burning pain on vulvar vestibules, often triggered by touch, positive Q tip test. Okay, and patients may have vestibular erythema but no associated vaginal tissue narrowing or clitoral tissue shrinkage. So, you, we don't see that in vulvodynia What is it? Dyspernia due to sharp burning pain on vulvar vestibules, often triggered by touch, positive Q tip test. So, this vulvodynia was that vulvar hypersensitivity only, which I already told in previous lecture okay so yeah this is it for um oh no 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 no, we have to do many more things we have to cover so many things in this lecture so we'll continue it okay so now let's talk about the uh, labial fusion okay so the patient with thin fused labia minora due to the labial adhesions this condition is commonly seen in pubertal girls due to low estrogen production inflammations from the poor hygiene's infections that is vaginitis and irritation from the diaper rash and trauma that is straddle injury also contributes to the development of the additions labial additions can be partials involving the portion of the labia or complete partial additions as seen in this patient are often asymptomatic okay however some patients uh, some individual may experience the vaginal pain or pain or pulling additions covering the urethral meatus can also cause the abnormal urinary stream and increase risk of the recurring urinary tract infections due to urine accumulations although mild and asymptomatic additions require no treatment topical estrogens is the first line therapy for those with symptoms okay so first line therapy for the patients who are having these uh, additions require topical estrogen all right candida vulvovaginitis present with the so basically, we have the thick cottage cheese discharge and uh, vaginal inflammations Yeah, in candida vaginitis. Patient present with beefy red rash on the vulva as well as the vaginal pruritus and discharge. Although the patient with repeated yeast infections are more prone to labial additions, unlike in this patients with no rash and vulva uh, vaginal discharge, so candida vaginitis in this question is unlikely. Contact dermatitis and lichen sclerosis are the type of skin inflammation that can predispose to labial adhesions but the contact dermatitis presents with pruritic erythematous rash and lichen sclerosis is characterized by uh, like in lichen sclerosis we see pale thin tissue and perianal thickening with fissures. Okay. Also hypopigmented labial lesions. So this patient with no skin discoloration and examination, so therefore he is not having contact dermatitis or lichen sclerosis. Pinform infections typically in school-going children because of ingestion of the egg of uh, enterobiasis. Enterobiasis life cycles and then live uh, hatches in the small intestine, then migrates to the colon to mature. Gravid adult migrate uh, out of the anus at the night time to lay eggs and uh, eggs embryonate on the perianal folds within 6 hours and then hands and clothing becomes contaminated with the infected e- eggs okay yeah so pinworm typically affects the school going children with perianal itching particularly at night times and pinworms causes vulvovaginitis in some cases and labial fusion is not associated with pinworm infections urethral prolapse so when there is urethral prolapse so, urethra is coming out, like, urethra prolapse. so we see a circumferential friable ma- lesions, okay, and uh, present with, in pubertal girls with inflammations, friable tissue, donut shape on the urethral meatus. This patient's obstructive and fused labia is due to the labial additions. Now let's talk about the uh, hypothalamic uh, ovarian pituitary axis. So basically we know that hypothalamus releases GnRH which further releases the FSH and LH and which further releases the estrogen from ovary and also inhibin and progesterone. So this estrogen puts negative feedback on FSH and LH release and GnRH release. Okay, In the inhibitory except during the mid cycles and the inhibin inhibits the FSH and LH and uh, this uh, progesterone inhibits the FSH and LH and GnRH, all right. So, the initial menstrual cycles in adolescence are irregular and anovulatory, okay. The abnormal uterine bleeding follows menarche is due to immaturity of developed hypothalamic pituitary axis that produces adequate, inadequate quantities of proportion of gonadotropin-releasing hormone Subsequently FSH and LH and required both uh, required to induce ovulation. So basically whenever menstrual cycle starts. So the initial few uh, Cycles are irregular and in ovulatory because of immaturity of HPA axis, okay in the absence of ovulation Okay, so in the absence of ovulation, that is in the cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, three cycle are there. So first is the hormone level. So in the estrogen level rises in cycle one, then again it rises in cycle two, and then again it rises in cycle three. But in cycle three, it's almost constant, and in progesterone, it's uh, constant. But in uh, the first cycle, there is uh, endometrial proliferation is less. Then there is no endometrial proliferation. Then there is heavy bleeding. So this irregular endometrial effect is there. Okay. since the cycle is anubilatory menstrual cycle lacks their regular regular periodicity the endometrium builds up under the influence of the estrogens but without the influence of progesterone the cue to slug the endometrium is lacking and uh, menstrual cycle like bleeding occurs due to estrogen breakthrough bleeding okay so yeah, Normally, the progesterone is produced in increased amount by corpus luteum following ovulations and withdrawal of the progesterone as corpus luteum degenerates can lead to menses. Okay, in addition, with the abnormal uterine bleeding, bleeding with exogenous progesterone administrations confirms the normal endogenous estrogen productions and proliferation of the myometrium endometrium. So it also eliminates the cause of estrogen deficiency, that is, primary ovarian insufficiency and endometrial abnormalities such as intrauterine adhesions or outlet obstructions, so that is, imperforated hymen. So, if we see that uh, progesterone we have discontinued, we have given the exogenous progesterone, okay, and bleeding is there. So, there if there is withdrawal bleeding, then what is the case? It cannot be because of estrogen deficiency, it cannot be because of intrauterine irritations and it cannot be because of the outlet abnormalities that is in imperforated hymen. Treatment of abnormal uterine bleeding in adolescent with either progesterone, progestin only or combined estrogen and progesterone or contraceptive pills is indicated when the bleeding is disruptive to activities. Okay, then only we have to treat with OCPs and all, is heavy and also is resulting in anemia. And ovulation typically resolves 1-4 to four years post-menarche. So yeah, within 4 years, you have regular cycles. After which, the menstrual cycles normalizes. Excessive LH secretions and androgen excess are characterized by polycystic ovarian syndrome. Classically, classical features include irregular menstrual signs of hirsutism, and uh, also multiple peel, small pearl string ovarian cysts are there on the ultrasonography this patient has no signs of the hirsutisms and uh, normal ovary on ultrasonography making the diagnosis less likely estrogen deficiency characterized by primary ovarian insufficiency typically present with secondary amenorrhea the patients with estrogen deficiency do not have bleeding after progesterone stimulations lacking of the proliferative endometrium therefore there is no bleeding intrauterine addiction asherman syndrome causes secondary amenorrhea typically due to the previous uterine instrumentation dilatation or curative or infection endometriosis in the patients with progesterone withdrawal bleeding does not occurs with the lack of the endometrial tissue because of these additions and all. Okay, now let's talk about endometriosis. So, in endometriosis, right ovarian endometrioma is seen on this ultrasonography, and endometrial stripping is there, which are transverse, and left ovarian endometrioma can be there. Okay, so this patients with chronic pelvic pain and adnexial mass that is endometrioma has endometriosis or ectopic endometrial implants within the abdominal pelvic cavity endometriosis likely occurs from a combination of cellular metaplasia and re- retrograde menstruations okay so yeah because of the cellular metaplasia or retrograde menstruation the ectopic implantations proliferates and shed during the menstrual cycle causing the intraabdominal abdominal inflammation fibrosis and pelvic pain Pain symptoms vary depending on the implant locations. The patients with uterine or pelvic sidewall implants may have worsening pain with exercise or intercourse that is dyspnea as well as adhesion formations that can uh, cause tubal infertility too. Okay. Implants on the ovary can cause endometrioma that is the chocolate cyst because of their thick brown fluid accumulation because accumulated as older blood. Okay. So this is a chocolate uh, cyst. Yeah next is the endometriosis endometrioma typically appears as a unilocular red mass with homogeneous low levels of echos blood okay patients with symptomatic endometrioma require surgical resection that is cystectomy to improve the pain symptoms and improve fertility and decrease the risk of ovarian torsion all right now epithelial ovarian carcinomas can presence with an ovarian mass and pelvic pain but ultrasonography typically reveals a septation uh, septate mass with solid and cystic component so if it was carcinoma then we have seen the septate mass and cystic component okay and solid mass mature teratoma dermoid cyst may have pelvic pain and pressure but they do not typically causes in impaired fertility okay because it is basically a uh, conditions. In addition, the mature teratoma have calcification and hyperechoic nodules on the ultrasonography. Pedunculated leomyomas that is fibroid can cause the pelvic pressure due to mass effects, however, they arise from uterus, not from the ovaries. So yeah, we have to remember that also that it cannot cause two death. pelvic congestion syndrome is the pelvic pain associated with intercourse due to pelvic vein dilatation. So whenever pelvic vein dilatation is there during the intercourse, the pain is there. That is pelvic congestion syndrome. However, it occurs primarily in the fertile women during their or after pregnancy. The patients have visible venous dilatations rather than the unilocular hypoechoic mass or uh, on uh, ultrasonography. Tubo ovarian abscess is the complication of pelvic inflammatory disorder presence with pelvic pain and ovarian mass. And Typically, on ultrasonography, complex multi cystic adnexial mass with enhancing rims. So, if you see multi cystic adnexial mass with enhancing rims, then it can be tubal, and abscess. Okay, and if you see septations, then it can be epithelial endometrial carcinomas. If we see other hypoechoic and calcifications, then a mature teratomas. If we see this uh, pelvic congestion, then dilated veins we, uh, is there. All right, and homogeneous one, then it is endometrioma chocolates now let's talk about the pelvic organ prolapse so definition bowel bladder and uterus herniations into the vagina and clinical features are asymptomatic incidental finding when pe- vaginal and pelvic pressures stress urinary incontinence retention constipations and complete defecations okay management asymptomatic only observation is needed if symptomatic then pelvic floor massage that is kegels massage exercise vaginal pessaries and surgical repair so this patients with pelvic pelvic organ prolapse that is the herniations of the pelvic organ that is bladder ureter and ureter, uh, and uh, sorry bladder uterus and rectum into the vagina due to weakened pelvic floor muscles levator and eye complex can uh, from the chronic increase in intraabdominal pressure risk factors includes increased parity obesity and advancing age women with the anterior vaginal wall prolapse known as cystoceles in as in this patients can have the pelvic pressure urinary symptoms such as urinary retention and stress urinary incontinence however the patients with the pelvic organ prolapse are asymptomatic and incidentally diagnosed on the routine examinations of, Management of the pelvic organ prolapse is based on the symptoms and the complications so If asymptomatic patients, then such patients with no complications, no urinary retention, hydrocephalus or, or ultrasonography do not require any treatment and can be managed with uh, reassurance and observation only. In contrast, Symptomatic patients with pelvic pain or pelvic pressures; those with complications includes benefit from the treatment. So we ask them to do pelvic floor massage, that is Kegel's exercise, that are required in this pa- required for these patients. Non-surgical treatment such as pessaries placement, which can help the restoration of the anatomy of the pelvic and uh, reduce the severity of the symptoms. So pessaries can be used. Alright. So how do we use pessaries? We just tie the pessaries tightly so that the pelvic organ prolapse is prevented. And next one is the surgical management. Anterior wall repair can be offered to the patients whose conditions does not improve and those who decline non-surgical treatment. Hormone replacement therapy is used for the treatment in menopausal vasomotor symptoms, hot flashes in women age less than sixty, and those with age less than ten years after menopause. Alright, it is not indicated for the treatment of vulvovaginal atrophy or organ prolapse urodynamic testing is performed in patients with the mixed urinary incontinence stress or urgency incontinence due to help help guided management this patient has no urinary leakage and has normal post void residual scans so we don't have to do this okay now let's talk about the next questions which is the uh ovarian uh, reserve with aging so basically when at birth we see that there are more than 100 uh more than more than a thousand, thousand, like somethings uh, thing, yeah. And then uh, at age 18, they it is uh, more than 100,000 optimal fertility, and then fertility start decreasing after 37 years. And at the end of the fertility, only 10,000 follicles are left. And the, after 45 years of age, only 1,000 follicles are left. That is the regular cycles will be there, okay. And at the end, at 51 years of age menopause occurs so yeah spontaneous pregnancy rates decreases with increasing female age the women are born uh, with their lifetime supply supply of the oocytes ov- and a sharp decline in the cons- conceptions rates is notable after age 35 okay due to the decline lack of the conceptions after six months of unprotected sexual intercourse in the women of more than 35 years age is considered infertility cause In the women with regular menstrual cycles, infertility can occur due to diminished ovarian reserve and uh, also characterized by decreased oocyte number and quality. Regular menstrual period still occurs due to the discontinuation of the ovulations but fecundability that is contraption rate decreases due to diminished oocyte quality. Okay. So, as the ovarian reserve and the ovarian functions declines, estradiol and anabian production decreases and normal in negative negative feedback mechanisms is suppressed, causing the FSH level to rise, increasing level of FSH, uh, elevate uh, for uh, ovarian function is de- reduced and therefore, the day 3, that is early follicular phase, FSH testing can be performed to assist the ovarian functions, assisted reproductive technique, in vitro fertilization, oocytes and neuronal donations are impo- available for the couple with age-related infertility. All right hypothalamic dysfunction that is hypogonadotropic hypogonadism forms from intense exercise or relatively caloric deficiency that is uh, at least one okay can cause anovulation as a result of amenorrhea okay this uh, is unlikely to cause the infertility in the setting of normal menses hypothyroidism is associated with the infertility but present with irregular menses primary ovarian insufficiency refers to the menopause at age 40 and uh, patients with primary ovarian insufficiency present with amenorrhea hot flashes, vaginal. Atrophy, minimal rugations, the condition associated with concomitant autoimmune disorders, that is, uh, or Turner syndrome. So, yeah, uterine sinenki, that is, Asherman syndromes and uterine leomyoma are anatomic factors that may decrease the conception rate. Uterine sinenki can occur after dilatations and curettage, but this patient's subsequent normal pregnancy makes this condition unlikely. Leomyoma typically ha- causes abnormal uterine bleedings as well as the pelvic pain, pressure with an irregular enlarged uterus. Okay, yeah now so basically in this in the inability to conceive after six months of unprotected sexual intercourse in women of more than 35 is considered infertility this can occur due to diminished ovarian reserve characterized by regular menstrual cycles and decreased number of oocytes and quality of the oocytes okay now, let's talk about the, uh, the other things post exposure prophylaxis for sexual assault. So, first of all, we have to treat the infections. So, for chlamydia infections, we have to give them azithromycin for gonorrhea, ceftriaxone for uh, trachomonas vaginalis. We have to give them metronidazole and for HIV multi drug regimen such as tenofovir emtricitabine with uh, Raltegravir. So, tenofovir emtricitabine and Raltegravir and hepatitis B, hepatitis B vaccination plus hepatitis B immunoglobulin if needed. So, sexual assault is common with uh, a lifetime prevalence in the women. And united states approximately 20 persons and pre are uh, no, often known to the patients that are example co-workers or someone okay initial evaluation of the patient to seek medical care after sexual attack uh, assault includes physical and forensics blood and semen examinations with detailed documentation of the injury that is bruising and abrasion. okay management of the sexual assault include empiric treatment for sexual transmitted infections because early treatment helps prevent morbidity pelvic inflammatory disease and infertility associated with the infections Therefore, all the patients receive post-exposure prophylaxis against chlamydia, that is azithromycin, gonorrhea, ceftriaxone, and trichomonas metronidazole And uh, the patients who seek uh, care within 72 hours of the assault can also benefit from HIV prophylaxis after individual lies counseling on based on the risk factors and benefits of the therapy. In addition, the post-exposure prophylaxis, women with negative pregnancy tests are offered emergency contraceptives also such as o- o- uh, oral liver Yeah. Victims of the sexual assault should be offered comprehensive psychotherapy, psychosocial support also including the mental health services because they may experience the complicated emotions that is anger, fear or shame and develop anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder in patients with psychiatric evaluation and antidepressant therapy are indicated for the patients at immediate risk for suicide and homicide. However, tearfulness and avoiding eye contact as in these patients immediately after an assault are normal. Okay are normal and do not necessarily mean that uh, the patient is at increase or harming herself or others okay leaving the risk factor for the sexual attack immediately after the patient's assault is insensitive and uh, places uh, places partial blame on the patient yeah okay now uh, let's talk about the hypothalamic amenorrhea so exercise induced hypothalamic amenorrhea clinical presentations includes sternus exercise if anyone is doing sternus exercise or there is a relative caloric deficiency and also stress fractures amenorrhea and infertility can be there okay because of these only stress fractures amenorrhea infertility and relative caloric deficiency and stern exercise hormone level decrease enrh decrease fsh lh and decrease estrogen because it is hypothalamic only Long-term consequences, bone mineral is reduced, increased total cholesterol and increased triglycerides levels. Treatment includes increased caloric intake. Uh, we have to increase the caloric intake of the patient. Then estrogen and calcium and vitamin D supplementation is also needed. So the conditions athlete has a secondary amenorrhea likely due to the functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. This uh, type of amenorrhea often occurs in women with athlete triad, who is having vem- amenorrhea osteoporosis and eating disorders if there is an eating disorder osteoporosis and amenorrhea, this is athlete diets okay they are thought to have a relative caloric deficiency secondary to the inadequate nutrition intake compared to the amount of the free energy expanded okay expanded so yeah Uh, women with these conditions also have Uh, been shown to have decreased levels of the gonadotropin releasing hormone which subsequently decreases the LH secretions resulting in estrogen deficiency. These women are at increased risk of the conditions associated with estrogen deficiency including the infertility, vaginal atrophy, breast atrophy and decreased bone mineral density that is, osteopenias. Okay now let's talk about androgenic steroid use and congenital adrenal hyperplasia present with virilization that is male pattern baldness deepening of the voice and clitoromegaly and hypertension patient with androgenic steroid use also present with aggressive behavior mood disturbances which are not seen in this patients ovarian fibrothicoma, a type of the ovarian sex cord stromal tumor may con- may secrete the androgen but a more commonly secretes the estrogens and this patient has no evidence of excess andro- androgen that is hirsutism or excess estrogen that is breast tenderness and no adnexal masses there okay The patient with polycystic ovarian syndrome has a sign of excess androgens, that is severe nodular cystic changes on the chest and back, obesity, and enlarged ovaries. On examinations, the patients with mild acne, with normal BMI, and pelvic examination uh, makes uh, normal pelvic examination makes the diagnosis of PCOD less likely. Patients with primary ovarian insufficiency typically have vasomotor symptoms and hot flashes and night sweats associated with amenorrhea. Primary ovarian insufficiency is typically associated with concomitant autoimmune disorders and also with Turner syndromes. A patient with subclinical hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism is typically asymptomatic with decreased TSH level. Okay, now let's talk about the endometriosis again. So, endometriosis pathogenesis is ectopic implantation of the endometrial gland. Clinical features can be dyspernia, dysmenorrhea, chronic pelvic pain, infertility, and dyschesia. Okay, dystasia and infertility in e- e- chronic pelvic pain, dysmenorrhea, and dyspareunia. Physical examination, immobile uterus, cervical motion, tenderness, and mass, rectovaginal speculum examination, and posterior decal cul de and utero sacral ligament nodules can also be there on physical examination. Diagnosis, direct visualizations can be done or surgical biopsy treatment includes medical like oral contraceptive pills and NSAIDs and surgical resection so this patient with severe dyspareunia and dysmenorrhea likely has endometriosis ectopic implantations of the endometrial glands we already know where these glands can implant and uh, also endometrial gland in the stroma in the abdomen and the pelvis like uh, a normal endometrium these endo intra Peritoneal implants proliferate and shed during the menstrual cycles. However, because they have no outlet, endometriosis implants can cause recurrent, slowly progressive pelvic pain and fibrosis. The chronic inflammations, fibrosis, and subsequent adhesion formation result in characteristic pain syndromes associated with endometriosis. The pain symptoms vary with locations and severity. The most common pain symptom is dysmenorrhea and severe dyspareunia pain with intercourse and particularly with deep penetrations due to proximity of the vagina to the uterus and bladder and rectum okay patients with presumptive diagnosis of endometriosis based on clinical symptoms are initially managed with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs which decreases the inflammations and combined contraceptive pills which suppresses the ovulation and reduces the menstruations okay when endometriosis does not improve the medical management, the surgical evaluation while laparoscopy is required for definitive diagnosis, we do the biopsy, we resect a resection of the implants. Okay, now let's talk about vaginismus. Okay, so we already know that also uh, known as the genitopelvic penetra- pain or penetration disorders is a common cause of dyspernia. In addition, in contrast to the endometriosis, vaginismus pains with any vaginal penetration intercourse, speculum examinations. In addition, the vaginismus typically causes diffuse pain due to repetitive involuntary pelvic floor contractions muscle contractions and this pain is unrelated to the menses the patients with vaginisms are typically treated with multiple modalities including the cognitive behavioral therapies and couple therapies and also sex educations pelvic floor physical therapies and vaginal dialysis are also given in vaginismus okay now, let's talk about the endometrial hyperplasia and endometrial cancers. So, yeah, risk factors of endometrial hyperplasia and endometrial cancers are excessive estrogen conditions. So, obesity is an excessive estrogen condition, chronic anovulations and PCOS, nulliparity, early menarche, late menopause, tamoxifen use. So, all these things are the estrogen excess conditions. Clinical features are heavy, prolonged menstrual cycles and uh, intramensual bleeding or postmenopausal bleeding can be there, okay, evaluation, endometrial biopsy is the gold standard for endometrial hyperplasia and cancer, Pelvic ultrasonography post- in the postmenopausal women can be done. Pelvic ultrasonography in postmenopausal women. Treatment includes hyperplasia, progesterone therapy or hysterectomy. So we can use uh, for progesterone therapy initially or we can also go for hysterectomy for if there is cancer then we have to do hysterectomy only we don't have to give progestin therapy okay so endometrial adenocarcinoma is a common gynecologic malignancy that presents with either abnormal uterine bleeding as seen in this patient's premenopausal patient or postmenopausal bleeding okay diagnosis is via the endometrial biopsy and treatment includes hysterectomy and bilateral salpingectomy with or without chemotherapy radiation depending upon the stage of the patient and stage of the cancer now the underlying cause of uh, uh, underlying cause of most cases of endometrial cancers is chronic unopposed estrogen exposure in the uterus the estrogen causes proliferation of the endometrium allow the implantations associated with pregnancy in ovulatory patients uh, as increase in progesterone, protects against the unop- unopposed endometrial proliferations by down regulating the estrogen receptors and regulating the mitosis. Okay, however, in conditions where the estrogen levels are disproportionately high, the endometrium has unre- unregulated proliferation leading to development of endometrial cancers the most common risk factor is obesity elevated bmi because adipose tissues increases the conversions of androgens to estrogens which results in increased uterine estrogen exposures and chronic anovulations other risk factors of for the endometrial cancers are related to unopposed estrogen and includes nulliparity tamoxifen use and early menarche early age of menarche okay or contraceptives which contains the progestin and combine of combination of estrogen and progestin are protective against the endometrial cancer because progestin component stimulates the endometrial proliferations and shedding okay a prior abnormal pap smear is a risk factor for the cervical cancers. however it does not it's not a risk factor for endometrial cancers tobacco use decreases the risk of the endometrial cancers okay so this is a great point that tobacco use decreases the risk of endometrial cancers likely by stimulating the estrogen metabolism in the liver and decreasing the serum estrogen level because the tobacco is increasing the estrogen metabolism in the liver decreasing the estrogen level therefore decreasing the risk of the endometrial cancers okay now let's move further and let's talk about the progression of the cervical cancer so firstly cervical cancers can be carcinoma in situ or early stage cancer or advanced stage cancer so in in c2 in, 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 in we see that acetobide lesions are uh, concise very close to the opening okay then in uh, early stage it is concise to covering at least half of that uh, 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 cervix and in the advanced stage it covering the whole cervix and there are few reddish spots also yeah so now Cervical cancers is most commonly asymptomatic detected only during the screening, okay. When the symptoms do occur, as in these patients, they include vaginal discharge, post and intermenstrual bleeding and cervical lesions. So, if there is vaginal discharge, post intermenstrual bleeding and cervical lesions, then we have to think about the cervical cancers, okay. Then we have to screen, okay. So, lesions, suspicions for malignancies such as ulcerative, friable or raised lesion, particularly in the patient with risk factors such as long-term tobacco use, okay require cervical biopsy okay so, so we, uh, we have studied that tobacco use reduces the risk of the end- endometrial cancers but it increases the risk of this cervical cancers okay okay Requires cervical biopsy advanced cervical cancers may present with symptoms of the local invasions including large vascular cervical masses and heavy bleeding okay so if there is advanced cancer then uh, symptoms of local invasions vascular invasions and heavy bleeding all these things can be there okay now Genital herpes typically presents with vascular, vesicular, and ulceration lesions on the vulva and vagina with tender lymphadenopathy. Okay, it is diagnosed using the herpes simplex viral culture, and cervical ulcers are alone, not typically alone, not typically suggest the the of genital herpes. Okay, yeah so there was basically ulcers and everything was there and bleeding was there so all these things are just the cancers not the herpes gonorrhea and chlamydia can present with purulent cervical discharge and cervical motion tenderness they do not have any ulcerations or induration or cervical lesions and nucleic acid amplification testing is also not indicated in these patients because of this only Pelvic ultrasonography may be used for evaluation of the endometrioma endometrium or uterine shape and size and adnexia but it is not indicated for evaluation of the way, uh, visible cervical lesions okay vaginal discharge is a non-specific findings the cervical lesions suggest an etiology other than the uh, vaginitis example trichognosis or uh, bacterial vaginosis so wet mount preparation uh, is used for the diagnosis of vaginitis which is not indicated in a patient with or in which visible cervical lesions are seen all right so this is it for this lecture thank you so much for listening you guys